Kaddish Baruch for giving me this course that some uh, 50 years ago I was in Kotor in Yeshiva at the time and uh, today we should thank Kaddish Baruch for the terrible time that we had at the time there was a threat of annihilation that was come from the Arab world the victory and the arrival that we had we managed to get the Koisal back and this is the dream that everybody always had that they'd be able to go to Yerushalayim to come to Yerushalayim to dominate the Koisal at the Makoma and that's what it is I'd like to tell you a few ideas that I had at the actual time uh, I was a little boy in Kotora I was learning in Yeshiva and then the uh, Arabs started the, uh, the actual war and uh, there were a number of boys from Kutzlaret and they started leaving the French boys left, the Danish boys, a few English boys left, the Swiss boys left and they were left in Yeshiva uh, one or two Americans, one from South America and you know there weren't very many people that were from Kutzlaret and this left a very very depressing attitude from the boys that were in Kutzlaret that they didn't have uh, any uh, su- support from anybody else also, the buses at the time stopped being used because the buses at the time were being used by the army and uh, they, they was very, very difficult for the transport. There was blackouts during the time and then all of a sudden on the first day of the Milchoma, I remember we went to Shear and we came out of Shear and there was this bus number 12 coming along in Vaitfagan and we thought, oh, everything has come back to normal. And we were standing outside for a few minutes and 11.17, the air raid sirens went and that was the beginning of the Melchoma and the beginning of the war. At the time, everybody was very, very nervous. People were excited. People, there were rumors going around what exactly had happened. Nobody knew. And uh, being in Kultura, you'd understand, we didn't have a radio. And uh, because we didn't have a radio, because it was the Yeshiva policy, and nobody did have a radio in those days, so uh, we didn't know what was going on. And then we were all sent to the air raid shelters, and as a side effect, we were in the air raid shelters an extra day, because we could get the the oil clear sign. So we stayed in the air raid shelters an extra day. We went onto the roof, some of the boys, and we watched the uh, airplanes going past, the firing, the bombs, the uh, attacking, the missiles going from the Arabs country, from Jordan to us. And it was, you know, as a little boy, very, very exciting. We went downstairs, we said to Hillian, we were in the Miklat, we learned, we tried to learn as much as possible. And I remember Reb Gedali and Mashgiach, Allah uh, was giving the drosha that he gave at the time, from the end of Matos, he said, Elif Lamote, Elif Lamote, a thousand go out to war, a thousand come out and they have to learn and you stay in Yeshiva. Our job is to stay in Yeshiva and to learn. And this is what he told us. And we believe it because uh, if not, they were building, uh, they were digging trenches, they were digging uh, graves in Tel Aviv from Yerushalayim because they expected millions and millions of people, hundreds and hundreds of people to die. And therefore, they, uh, they uh, what's in the Elif Lamotte, the, the Elif that we were, really saved the Jewish people at the time. Uh, I always had this opinion and problem, which maybe the robot one day will explain. Uh, on the first day of the Milchoma, there was a real problem for me, because that was the day my life was in danger, because that's when the bombs were falling near Baitagan, or in Baitagan, people were being killed. On the third day of the war, which is today, the Yom Yerushalayim, that was the day we captured Yerushalayim, uh, the coastal. It wasn't any, uh, um, my life wasn't in Sakona. And maybe one should say a brocha of Hagoyim on the day that one gets 
they had the uh, half solar or not, or not on the actual day that was fin- finished afterwards. But that is uh, something that has become. We tried in Bokhrin to go around to try and get into the coastal, to go and get into the old city, to be excited to see what was going on. But it wasn't very uh, easy. And of course, at the time, uh, there were still bombs that hadn't gone off, and uh, they were lying in fields across the road from the Shivat Mir. There was one bomb, and I remember people trying to go through there, and we were chased away. But these are the things. A few days later, actually a few days later, there was Shavuos. And uh, so we, uh, we still, at the time, had only managed to get to the Mandelbaum Gate and no further into the area as well. So a few days later was Shavuos. And we dubbed Shapris and Laning in the Yeshiva, and then we decided to walk down to the coastal, because the coastal was the first time anybody, everybody was being allowed into the coastal. Uh, we didn't know the way. Uh, it's not like today, because uh, everybody knows the way. But in those days, nobody had ever been behind the, uh, the barbed wires, behind the, into the Arab territory, <coughs> in the area of East Jerusalem. And uh, we, we managed to get down there, and we got to Hatsiyon. Now, they'd arranged, the, the Israeli uh, government had arranged that people would come, when they came to the coastal, there was only one way in and one way out. And the way to go in was around Hatsion, the way the buses probably go still today, the long way around. So we walked a long way around, and they were allowing people in as little groups at the time. So there was a lot of hold-ups, and it was taking a long time. When we arrived at the actual plaza of the coastal, what had happened was they abolished the first, they knocked down the first three, four rows of houses, not as big as it is today, much, much smaller, but about the size of the actual, where they take the photos, where the wall is, that is about how much they've taken away. And one was standing in dust and dirt and rubble because they hadn't cleaned it out and there were no machitzas, so we were standing next to women, standing all over the place, there were no tables. And when it came to laning, people were laning, we were holding the secretary with their hands. There was no way, there was any, it was complete, uh, a lot of have cameras, but there was a lot of Avira, there was a lot of excitement, there was the first time they could come to Yushalayim, and people were excited and inspir- uh, uh, happy about what had happened at the same time. And then on the course of the way back, uh, we had to walk all the way back to the, uh, the, uh, to the Yeshiva. The way back was through the walls, the way the bus comes down to Yerushalayim, so it means we had to walk all the way around. And you could see the destruction and the, uh, the houses that were still destroyed in the actual, pla- uh, in the actual Yerushalayim. And there was no place that was really very built up there. People asked me what it was like. And uh, I say, I was a little boy. What do you mean I was a little boy? Six and a half years later, seven years later, I was learning in Koyla, and I remember catching a bus, uh, number 12 by coincidence, and uh, we came to, uh, uh, to Machine Huda, and, the bus, and uh, at Machine Huda, a certain person came on, Dov Katz, Allah Vashonim. Dov Katz is Lily Gallandau's brother-in-law, and he got on the bus, and we were talking, and I said, you know, the Six-Day War, which was six and a half years before, was so exciting, and, you know, it was a little epic, and, uh, you know, I was a little boy, it was exciting. And I said, just before that, I'd seen this movie, for my sins, I'd seen this movie called The Longest Day, which is about the uh, 1944 June the 6th, the uh, when the Allies managed to get into France. And it was like that, you like taking part in a movie, you could see things going on, and you could see shooting, and you could see bombs, and you could see all these other things. So he said, no, it was very, very different. The day we spoke to each other was two days before Yom Kippur, and he was going to the Suez Canal, to the Tyler, to govern for the soldiers, and the minion, and he was uh, the tenth person, and he was going to the Suez Canal, 
And unfortunately, he never came back. He was killed on your Kippur, on the New Kippur War. So that's the difference that I had. In the Six-Day War, I was maybe very young, and I wasn't experienced. I didn't know the life. But afterwards, one matures, one grows up, and one understands that this is the way that HaKadosh Baruch wants it. And we thank HaKadosh Baruch for all the nisim that he's done to us all that time. Thank you.